Welcome to Optimizing Human Potential with some of the top experts in the world of mind, body, and soul. In this show, we'll deal with everything from holistic health and fitness to spiritual growth and consciousness. Here are your hosts, Nicole Cruz and John Kempf. Hello, and welcome to Optimizing Human Potential, Mind, Body, and Soul. I'm Nicole Cruz, super busy mommy coach, helping busy parents reach high levels of fitness and health despite being sleep deprived and interrupted every two minutes. And I'm John Kempf, functional strength and nutrition coach and yoga instructor, and I teach people scientific and holistic approaches to optimizing their health and performance using movement, nutrition, and mindfulness. <laughs> There he is, folks. <laughs> star of this episode. Um, and then we also have Sunny Anastasia joining us. Sunny is a certified clinical hypnotherapist, yoga teacher, kids and teens yoga teacher, special needs yoga teacher, post traumatic stress disorder yoga instructor, and intuitive healer. She has been recognized for her powerful practice, intuitive understanding of the body, mind, and spirit as well as creative and engaging teaching style. She draws from her immense background to uniquely weave together yoga, mindfulness, breath, relaxation, hypnotherapy, myofacial unwinding technique, and make it an interactive learning experience. She is the founder of Yoga Toka Healing Arts Studio and Your Sunshine Charitable Organization. Sunny, welcome to Optimizing Human Potential. Thank you so much for inviting. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Looking forward. Definitely. All my yoga peeps, get ready. This is going to be a good one. This one is for you guys. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, nerding out in this one, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so Sunny, you have a very incredible background. Do you want to just start by telling your story? Uh, yeah. Um, I started doing yoga since I was three. Um, for me, yoga really helped me to heal my body to be more in tune with my body, with my emotions. It helped me to connect to my mind and to see the world from a different perspective. So it's really served me as a tool to be able to connect more deeply to myself. And it's translated into the passion of sharing yoga with kids, teens and adults, and especially kids. And that's what really motivated me to start the Your Sunshine organization that specifically serves kids and teens at the public schools and private schools. And we work with special needs population as well. And it's inspired me to be at service to adults as well. And that's why we started uh, Yoga Toka, which is healing arts yoga studio. We offer other holistic services at the studio as well. But um, my journey started when I was little and it's still evolving. It's still I still learn every day and kids are my best teachers like Eric. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They have so much to teach us. Yeah. There's a lot of wisdom that a lot of times parents, they wanted to constrict kids. They want kids to think the same way as we as an adults think. 
And that's not allowing the kids to open up and to be who they are, to be that free of expression, free to move and to wiggle and just to be who they are, their authentic self. But a lot of times as parents, we put them in the box and tell them how to behave, what to do. And the purpose of yoga is really to allow them to connect to that authentic self, allow them to be who they are and um, just be that expressive spirit in the old spectrum of colors and frequencies on this dimension. Yeah, I mean, that resonates so much with me because as a parent, I find myself trying to um, find the right balance between teaching Eric how to function in society and sort of unleashing his natural talents and strengths upon the world. And, you know, I put something up recently and I, I remind myself of this anytime things get tough and I feel that urge as a parent to try to control. It's like, you know, go through in your mind right now and try to list all of the great people in history you can think of who are described as obedient. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. It's just, that's not, you know, like it's easy for us adults, but that is that really the best thing for our kids? Absolutely. And to me, I found that yoga really allows kids to be free on the mat, to be free in a classroom. They know that yoga teacher allows the full expression. And that's when I really start connecting to their talents and their gifts. And also yoga serves when I teach yoga classes to kids, it helps them to learn some tools that in the long term really helps them to work deeply with their emotions. They know that emotions, it's not them. It's just energy and emotion that moving through them instead of being that emotion all the time, they can just explore and learn how to release in a healthy way that emotion. So definitely to me, seeing how mindfulness and yoga touches the hearts of all those beautiful souls and how it really allows them to keep that spark of their light still shining that really just brings the smile to my face. And every time when I see kids, like it just brings up that inner joy and that inner inner child in me too. So they're really a good reminder. When I teach my classes, like I just come back to my inner child. They remind to stay positive, stay happy. And that's the vibe. That's the kind of the atmosphere in my classes. Usually I love just to keep encouraging that positivity. I would never like, you know, discourage the child to be who they are. That's kind of the key in my classes, the way how I teach the classes really allow them to be on the mat of who they really are, but give them tools when they need to use those tools if they're dealing with certain emotions or if they're working through uh, coordination or flexibility or balance issues, so then they have some tools, how they can apply those tools in, later on in life, but then always allow them to be free of who they are. So that's kind of my little philosophy of my teaching. I mean, I, miss you. I wish you had one in New York. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny too when you work with kids in the yoga setting because you know you see like i I like the idea of breaking things up into thirds, kind of like the law of thirds, and there's a third like the classes that I've taught anyway, the experiences I've had teaching with kids, and it's very similar to teaching adults, you know because like you said, the inner kid is still in you. One of my favorite quotes is, just because our bodies grow old doesn't mean our souls do. Our souls are timeless. That childlike excitement and youthful vitality is still within us. And also that 
expression of those characteristics is within us. And you see that so much in a little kid, but in yoga, it's so funny. You know, you have a third of the kids that are there to like, they're taking it more seriously. You know, they're interested in the poses and they practice. And then you have the 30 kids who are like, kind of just not really caring at all. They're like, they're having a good time. You know, they're definitely still listening, but they're not, you know, like overly invested. They're kind of just like messing around, dinking around. And then you have the other 30 kids that like legitimately are expressing to you that they do not care. And they're like, I literally have had classes where kids will like just sit around in a circle by themselves, like over in the corner instead of doing the yoga class. And that's totally cool. You know, like, to come there and have that opportunity to express themselves in any way they want to feel comfortable and to connect. And then, like you said, also offer a scaffolding of, you know, opportunity there, you know, guided opportunity for them to grow or expand in themselves in whatever avenue they're, you know, focusing on or what they want to learn about. Like you said, the different aspects of balance and strength and whatever it is of the body or of the mind, wherever, you know, they're trying to expand on their knowing and then you know having that opportunity to provide them that example through play you know i think is so huge that we've lost as adults like i even in my training sessions i'll have like clients throwing tennis balls around the gym you know back and forth like paint catch and then one hand and you know just like dancing around you know playing monkey games just why not that part of play is like so necessary to express all of who we are instead of just like that quote unquote adult side of ourselves and it's so easily reflected in children it's really beautiful absolutely love it it just really summarizes and really tells the real truth of the yoga classes Mm -hmm. yeah no kidding even with adults (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so sunny i'm can you get into more like why why did you start yoga at three years old well um when i was born um i had a brain injury um and i had a the doctors prescribed me a nervous, some kind of like disorder. And it really affected my coordination. I would have really poor coordination, have some light seizures. And um, luckily I was sent to a yoga therapy program and I started the dance program and I would do tennis. So it really helped the coordination. It helped somehow to balance the right and left hemisphere. All those poses, they are, I mean, it's definitely the ancient practice yoga and the the yogis who created those poses, it really has much more deeper meaning of what we see, our physical eyes can see. And on energetic level and on emotional level, it does move so blocks and the energies in your body so in and really connects to our nervous system a lot so it helps to rebalance to recalibrate the mechanism of our body and the way how it moves and our um all levels of us physical emotional and mental so it really helped me a lot and that's when i started practicing yoga as a kid um i wouldn't understand what i'm doing i, mean, I didn't even know what i'm doing but i i always enjoyed it when I was a kid, actually, I had a dream and I would always tell my parents that I wanted to be a, like a physical PE instructor. I wanted to teach. I didn't know what I wanted to teach, but I'll always tell my parents I want to teach the physical education to other kids. Mm-hmm. I was already telling when I was a kid, I was the best in yoga. 
it's not about the pride of saying that, but I just loved it. I would just nail and practice every pose and every time. And when I was little, growing up in Eastern Europe, I didn't know what is uh, lotus pose is. And I would do always on my bed, lotus pose. And my parents would ask me, like, what are you doing? And I was like, um, I'm just doing a lotus pose. Don't you know this pose? <laughs> in our language, in my native language, there's not such word lotus. They were just like, huh, okay. And I'll just keep doing it and doing it and practicing, like walking on my hands in lotus pose. And like, they were just like, they would be very suspicious. But that's how my practice evolved. And I, I really wanted to stay connected. And I would always, I guess the most favorite subject in school, that was yoga therapy and PE. Nothing was <laughs> But I don't know. Well, I love math. I was good in math. I mean, I was really good in school, but that was my the best, the most favorite classes that I just want to do them. I didn't want to do anything else. So that's how my start, the practice started, the yoga practice. And it's still, it's still evolving. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm always, I always love to be a student. I go to classes. I take classes. I learn from other teachers. Uh, on all levels, I love to learn. So to me, the learning curve never ends, never stops. It's, there's no beginning and there's no end. There's so much to mo learn and there's so much to explore and discover about our human body, about our human mind, our ego, our mental, emotional bodies. There's so It's such a complex world. And sometimes our mind, the third-dimensional third mind, can barely grasp even pieces and put them together. The body that we see, it's like we think it's, oh, it's just only one piece, but there's a layers and layers over the layers. It's just much harder to explain. But what I'm amazed of, the kids, they know that almost everything. And by connecting with kids, I learn every day. They like, when I want to know something, I'll ask them a question. They'll tell me like a, a beautiful, just channeling wisdom right there in a moment because they just stay so pure and connected. They still, they don't feel like they're judged. They're not restricting themselves from being who they are. And how my practice of yoga is constantly evolving and growing and never stopping. At what point did you um, start to come to the, the understanding or realization that yoga was not just something that felt good on that, say, physical level, but you realize there was something more to this. There was subtle changes happening in your life. I'm sure at some point, when was that kind of like understanding or awareness brought about to the fact that like, this is a long-term big deal thing. I'm working on some heavy shit here. Yeah. Well, to me, when I was four, my parents were, I mean, I was already more aware, I guess, as a child, they were insisting to do surgery. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a little bit when I was older, maybe five. But then I would always kind of be backing up and say, like, wait a minute. Don't, I don't want to have anything done on my body because it will just mess up my whole energy field. Like you. Thank you. <laughs> so that was my response to my parents. And I didn't want them literally to do anything because when we do surgery, unless if it's an urgent emergency, then it's changing the patterns and just putting the patch on something or putting the band-aid does not solve the problem. So 
So to me, I knew that that path that I'm, I'm going, it's much more deeper understanding what I am dealing with in my physical reality and what something, what is their gift behind that? What is something that for me to learn a lesson? What is something that I really created for myself for a reason, not just appeared from nowhere? And that really kind of was keeping me on that journey of discovery and to staying more on track of like, keep dwelling on that learning of yoga. And to me, I realized that yoga is not just physical. It's not just yoga poses, but it's, it's everyday practice. How do you handle the challenges and obstacles in your life? How do you work with your emotions when someone is like, randomly at the store yelling at you like what how do you respond to that that's the practice of yoga like how do you stay in that inner peace and that state of deep connection to your true essence of who you are when there's a dark moment in your life when there's a shadow part of you coming out of you when there's uh just there's a big giant thunderstorm in your life is happening and there's no sunshine is shining yet so what that's what yoga to me became that it's not just physical being on the mat and doing yoga poses but it's much more deeper like how do you work with your emotions how do you work with your mind where's your mind like we have billions of thoughts every day so who is thinking all those thoughts who are you so then there's a question i would always ask my parents what is purpose of life who i am is I'm human, who is, who is that living? Who's perceiving this world? Like what is real, what is not? And to me, yoga, the more I would read, the more I would learn, the more I'll connect with other people, teachers, I'll start understanding that yoga is beyond of my imagination that can even imagine. To me, if it can be even called that way, it's just like very complex, the it's almost like intelligent field of understanding of beyond of space and cosmos. It's just, there's so much, so much more in practice of yoga than just physical poses. And, but then we're all different and I truly respect everyone and I encourage everyone to start somewhere rather than nowhere. If the person feel more resonated with physical body and if you want to start on the physical level, practicing yoga poses, it's amazing. It's already doing all the work, wonderful work. And then when the consciousness is ready, when the person is evolving, then the person will go deeper into the practice of yoga and descending. It's not just poses. It's much more deeper. It's much more inside of us that we're learning about our multidimensional existence on this plane and other planes. So I do... To me, practice of yoga, it could be different for every person and there's no judgment. To me, there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. It's, it's all about your journey and where you are in your practice and where you are in your consciousness. If you're on the level where just, you're just stepping in to that awakening and there's nothing wrong with that, there's nothing, it's not bad. And if, we, if that spirit still want to play for another millions of light years, it's perfect. There's no, there's no right or wrong. That's how I perceive yoga, that yoga is, is just the personal journey of awakening, of remembering of who you are, remembering that you created that reality and now you're living that reality. Is it even real? Perhaps maybe it's not. Yeah, I was going to ask you too, just to expand more on, you know, the, you know, like if you were to recommend a starting point for people, you know, of like, 
you said just practice poses, you know, or is there a certain, you know, piece of advice you would have for someone that's looking for that resource or pathway to take that is interested in pursuing the journey of yoga? Absolutely. Well, a lot of times when our spirit is ready, the life will start, the synchronicities start happening in your life. A lot of times if you don't hear the little keywords, if you don't pay attention, if we ignore those keywords, the life becomes a little harsh on us and it'll start putting the experiences that will really bring that mind and body into the system into the alarm system where you like it was like okay that's what i meant and it depends where the person is or where the spirit is but a lot of times unfortunately when we take back and we have our own way of thinking and living the life when the spirit is ready the life will start pushing you start creating perhaps some challenges in your life it could be physical challenges obstacles it could be diseases it could be illnesses it could be relationship challenges that means the spirit is ready for evolution that's when the challenges come to our life those challenges they are blessings they are blessings that help us to evolve and to grow but when we push it away and when we see that from negative perspective that's when it's slowing us down so starting yoga it could be as simple as just at your home and just asking yourself, what is something that really I wanted to explore at this moment? What is something that bothers me? Where's that joy on my face? Where's that beautiful smile? What is happening inside of me? How do I feel right now? And then just start connecting to those emotions or connecting to what you feel without judgment, without judging oh, this person is bad. Oh, maybe I should do it this way. Oh, this person is not doing the right way. Maybe I should do yoga just sitting on the mat and sitting in meditative pose. Or maybe I should just do that, you know, beautiful, all those poses and doing stretches. But perhaps it's just coming to that stillness. Just taking that deep breath in. And then deep exhale sound like, just letting yourself arrive. Let the energy settle down. And then just observe. Just notice what you feel. Notice where you are. Let all that chitty chatty mind just dissipate and dissolve. And that's what to me where the yoga starts. Just start connecting to yourself by settling and down settling down in any place. It doesn't need to be in yoga studio. Mm-hmm. It can be at your own place in your house and outside in the nature. Stepping back from everything what you know about yourself and others. And just be a witness. Just observe. Yoga does not necessarily mean just go and do all the flexibility and all the stretches and, and creating the competition in your mind. But it's just, it's much more deeper. The first is just stillness. Stillness of your body, stillness of your thoughts. If it helps, maybe closing your eyes. So if it, it doesn't feel right, just with your eyes open, just feeling what you notice. The first key is awareness, awareness of your body. Awareness, what do you feel in your body? Acknowledging that, yes, I am in this physical body. I am here. Yes, I am on this planet Earth. And perhaps there's other questions that will birth out of that question. Why I am here? 
what is something that I want to learn? Not someone that's forcing me to go to, towards that path. What is something that excites me at this moment? What's something that connects with me? Is that the practice on the yoga, yoga poses? Or maybe it's a practice just being in the garden and connecting with earth. Maybe it's just sitting outside and listening to the ocean. Maybe just being in New York City and just enjoying that vibe of so many people surround me. Of being that connection to everyone in such a small space and feeling their energies and, and knowing their emotions and just observing all what is happening. The practice of yoga can be everywhere, but it always starts in our mind. It doesn't start in our body. And that's how I advise if anyone wants to experience what is true yoga. Yoga is a union of your body, mind, your spirit. If you wanted that to experience, then step back from everything what you knew. Just drop all the pat patterns, emotions, drop all the knowledge that you knew about yourself or others and just, just explore who you are. It's like almost a meeting a new person in your life and you start learning, discovering, like, oh, wow, that's an interesting person. Perhaps maybe that will be your journey of finding yourself and your practice. What's something that resonates with your heart? For some people, it could be as simple as meditative art, like expressing the emotions on the paper and then drawing those emotions on the paper and the shapes and colors. Maybe it's singing. Maybe it's talking to someone else. There's a variety of ways how you can start that union, the yoga, the union of your mind, body, and your spirit, merging those three into one, into the union, to the back into the connection to that pure consciousness, to the your true essence of who you are. And that will be my advice of a lot of times people think like, oh, I need to buy mat, I need to buy yoga pants, I need to be flexible as everyone else. And a lot of times they go back into that 3D ego dimension where they know that I'm not so good as everyone else. They go into that chitty chatty mind. They think, oh, well, I don't think so. I can do that well. And they start judging themselves. They start torturing themselves. They start hurting themselves there on the mat. And then they go into that trap of just getting lost completely. They start hating themselves. They start hating their self-image, their bodies. Their mind is just torturing them even more. And then it becomes like the yoga. It's like a hate. The thing like, oh, yoga is all about those, you know, skinny pants and yoga mats and all those crazy poses. But it's not. It's as simple as just slowing down, catching your breath, just connecting to the spirit. It's a great union. That was beautiful. What a great answer to that question. I loved it. One thing that you've mentioned a lot is energy. And to people who are not as familiar, um, like me two years ago, it can sound just very mystical and abstract as opposed to something that we're all actually experiencing and noticing every single day. So how can you help people to get in touch with that energy and recognize like, oh, that's the energy that they're talking about. I know exactly what that is now. I can, I feel it. Yeah. Well, there's a uh, different names that you can give to 
the word as energy. To me, as a kid, I would have a physical limitations with my physical eyes to see in the physical world. And I learned to see with my non-physical eyes that it's not just necessarily we see shapes, we see people in front of us, we see, for example, there's a table in front of me where it's, you know, the computer is right now on. And to me, when I touch it, I perceive it's, it's solid. And who is perceiving that? Is that the mind that translates, that light that translates that when it, I touch, my frequency or my energy connects with the table. So that Im the impulse from those fingers are sent all the way to my nervous system, to my brain. And my brain perceives it's real, perceives it's stable. But that's the way my, our brain is calibrated to read that frequency, to read that energy and perceive only that as a real. But perhaps is it real, is it not? You don't know if we change our frequency of our body or change the energy. I might, it might actually kind of it can, might confuse even more, but I'm trying to get to the point <laughs> that everything is made of that particles. Everything is made of that frequency, but the way how our brain perceives and sees that frequency or that energy is different for every human being. It's different for every being on other dimension or on, in another galaxy or planet or stars because their frequency is different. And the way how we perceive the world, we think it's real. We think it's only those colors exist. Colors, it's again, it's a frequency. It's been measured by scientists that every color has its own frequency or that energy. And when I talk about energy, I would see uh, constantly like people's auras. And I would, um, even though we don't, we think like, oh, there's like I'm walking through the space or like I'm walking outside, there's nothing there. But those particles of the prana or the energy, they're everywhere. We don't necessarily perceive it that we're walking through it. And we don't like when we touch the air, we feel like, oh, we don't feel there's nothing there. But perhaps there's something there. And to me, every human being or everything else that exists on this plane and beyond is just a frequency. But the way how our subconscious mind or the conscious mind or our consciousness sees and perceives the world, this reality and every other reality, it perceives in those frequencies. We almost creating the hologram of existence. So one, quote, one quote I like is, um, what is water to a fish? And it's that same kind of idea. Is this the medium. It's the substance that's, you know, if you, you know, want to get nerdy and break down the atmosphere, it's a less dense version of water, right? And it's the same idea as it's a medium that, holds all things in the sense of the water holding the fish. It's the same idea with the, the particles in space around us in the air. It's just at a different frequency, different density. So it's that, you know, like web, you know, and there's so many names for it across all of the different teachings and cultures, but it's, you know, the field of energy via different frequencies, which materializes particles Absolutely. And we all connect. They're all interconnected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
the web of those frequencies that's that's how we connect by simply like my i might think of someone and all of a sudden that person might call me right away or think about me as well so like when we connect through those frequencies to each other or we start creating and a lot of times it can be also explained whatever you your you whatever frequency that you carry inside of you or the energy field that you carry inside that's what you attract into your life mm-hmm. example, if you carry a lot of ang- anger inside of you that means the person who will show up in your life as a reflection as a mirror that person will be keep triggering and reminding you oh there's a triggering inside of you that anger and irritation but that's the energy or that's the frequency that you carry and the the more we work on increasing that frequency then our life start changing the fields start changing too the patterns of our life start changing too but then there again i mean it's everyone's spirits every person choice do you want that change to happen maybe not maybe we want to all keep playing in this hologram reality i think it's so funny that we can so easily understand sonar in correlation to other animals like oh yeah bats do that dolphins do that no big deal they send out frequencies of sound that they use to analyze data in their environment coming back to them you know in that same fashion interpreting the frequencies that are coming back that they're putting out it's like what an awesome concept like of course that's like a highly advanced technology that can be utilized to great benefit like well i mean we're doing the same thing and for us to not like see the parallels there between humans and nature you know of like you know a percentage of our dna is identical to that of a tree and you know just looking at the way just studying nature you know seeing nature unfold all these processes and then you know come into union with the fact you know going back to what we were talking about as union, you know, of self to the all, to the energy, you know, nature is one of those material representations of that energy and what a beautiful expression of it. And to study nature and see those parallels within ourselves then gives us that, you know, information, that opportunity to utilize those skills, those tools, the, you know, methods that we learn like sonar, for example, you know, it's that same concept. We're doing it all the time. It's just being aware. Like you said, it goes back to awareness every time of being aware that we're doing so. So that way you can start to recognize that contrast in your life as an experience to catalyze change, you know, to create something new, you know, once you get rid of the old, then you leave that new room space or that new room for the, the new stuff to come in. So it's just like, you know, stepping back, like you said, being aware of that process and, you know, seeing it's happening all the time around us within nature, within ourselves. I have a a really interesting example um, with kids, how kids, they're so sensitive to other people's frequencies. So whoever is in the room or they're so sensitive to energies of other people. One time I was teaching a yoga class to kids and it was very outside, like it was a thunderstorm, very cloudy day. It was a rainy day and someone in a classroom started crying because I think that child, um, it was just something emotional was coming up. And then the other kids 
who are very empath and sensitive to the energies of others or sensitive to the frequencies that are we putting out or the other child was emitting to the whole classroom. And the other kids just became sensitive and they started crying too. And then it was just a beautiful example how we all interconnected and we all as a little transmitters, we receive information as a form of energy or the frequency, and then we put out to the world also the energy. We emit that energy constantly. Our brains, no matter like where we are right now, even though we're in different all places, but our frequency, we all connected on other planes, and we all, even though we talk physically, but we talk on energetic, energetic level as well. Mm-hmm. And the kids are always a good reminder. They just show me how deep the understanding of interconnection to each other. Yeah, and I love the um, I love the example you gave a little bit earlier. With you know, you you touch the table, and you know, it's just energy from the table that your brain is interpreting a certain way. Because I feel like one of the objections I hear a lot, you know, oh, all that mystical, you know, all that stuff. It's, you know, it's not real. It can all be explained by science. You know, you're seeing the expression on their face and hearing the tone of their voice and that's all that it is. And I'm just like, but does it matter? Isn't that the same thing when somebody is changing their facial expression and those movements in their face are being sent as vibrations that our eyes absorb as light and put in an image that is unconsciously causing a feeling in our brains with mirror neurons isn't isn't that energy being transferred from one person to another anyway the tone of their voice that's being sent as vibrations in the air that we hear as sound that our brain then subconsciously interprets and causes us to feel a certain way isn't that the same as sensing their vibe what's what's the difference really when you talk about it and so it's you know like yes you can get into the technicalities of it but in a way it's just what language resonates with the person you're speaking to in order to get the message across in a way where they will understand what you're trying to convey yeah absolutely it reminds me of a story of um the banana cart I don't can't remember where I heard this, but the the long story short of the story is um, some adventurer stumbles upon a native island of Aborigines, no technology, third world civilization, and he goes, "Oh my goodness, I want to help these people out," and uh, they're banana farmers, and so he's like, "Well, I'm going to get them a car so that way they can drive to town and transport goods, and they'll be able to you know use it and." they just used it as a storage bin for bananas because they didn't know how to utilize the car. They didn't understand the technology, the the application, you know, and I think that's so key too. looking back. One of my favorite quotes kind of representing the yin yang symbol is preserve the core and stimulate change. The core intentions remain the same, but the expressions of them, you know, come, come about in a multitude of ways and it's ever changing just like, you know, the message of all the spiritual teachers out there, they're talking about the same thing, you know, like come into union with, with the nature and, and love yourself and love others. It's like a lot of these basic core traditional wisdom principles and parables that have gotten passed down. There's different ways that they express different stories are told, but it's the same 
moral of the story. It's the same theme. It's like lessons are just embedded in throughout human history as like little breadcrumbs of inspirations. One of my favorite quotes, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Like you said, you know, there will be a desire within you at a said point in time when you're, you know, ready and able to pursue some of those, those reflections. Yeah. It's a beautiful way of seeing it and interpreting. So I'm curious to hear more about your healing center. What type of work are you doing there? And uh, you went into a little bit about the charitable organization that goes around to schools, but I know when we spoke earlier, you mentioned some, a pretty big vision that you have for the healing center and how you'd like that to, you know, impact the world. And I'd love for you to expand on that. Yes, definitely. Well, now um, I have a yoga studio, which is, it's in a city in very busy, busy city in Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. And um, I'm grateful for all students. I'm grateful for that new big, like for that, just a little step towards my, the other projections or the visions that I wanted to manifest in my life. The current studio, we serve adults and teens and kids. We offer yoga, mindfulness, healing, um, variety of holistic healing services. We offer trainings. We have a variety of practitioners who are on the board in that studio. But definitely my vision is to, I feel like the part of our connection to nature, to me, it's so important and to find and co-create that space, the sacred space where you feel in that full resonance with you and nature, with your other dimensions and your spirit world. And it's so important. And I was, during my meditations, I would do a lot of channeling and downloads and I would see a wonderful piece of land that being turned into self-sustainable healing arts, like a center and a school for kids as well, uh, for the kids who are already more awakened, um, the kids who are ready to learn and to develop and to bring those gifts to the world and creating that environment for people to come as like a retreat center um, or like more of, kind of a healing center. Um, specifically, I'm looking to more connected to Hawaii, to Maui. So that's where my heart is calling me to go to. Yes. Mm. And um, my goal is to really um, to manifest the land and the space and the actual healing arts center self-sustainable by bringing the high technology into that space where we there's no dependency on the system. There's no dependency on resources that um, one day can be not available to us anymore. Um, I would definitely love to bring more of the higher high end technology, more of the one that does not exist currently, but to be able to have AC or the heat if it's needed um, to have a water source, but all comes naturally without hurting the nature being part of a sustainable, self-sustainable, um, eventually later on, um, 
as a school, as a um, the healing center, the retreat center, where people can come and just take that time off by letting go of all the cares and worries and really develop deeper on, on their self journey and their self discovery. If they are dealing or they're working with their physical uh, health issues or emotional issues, there's a place where they can find that surrender, where they can find that peace, where they can find that understanding, non-judgmental, um, like sacred space of just being honest and true to yourself, what is happening inside of you instead of running away from yourself and running, numbing those feelings or those pains with a variety of substances that just pushing further and further yourself away from the true essence of who you are. And in that healing art center, I would love to have all natural variety of therapeutical programs for people to come and to explore I see that people come from around the world. There's the most intuitive or like more the with a pure intention. The people who are working there, they have really pure intention, connecting and helping and assisting. That's what the mission they're calling on this planet Earth is just being at service to others. But still seeing on the side, there's something that was cool because kids, they infuse this planet earth with new energies we stay in that old um way of thinking that we know everything we don't know anything and the kids they actually enlighten and they they're new generation they bring new uploads downloads new channeling energies they keep infusing this planet with what they need for their coming future And to me, having a school on that property is important because I see those kids, there's no even teachers there. The kids, they're teaching each other, they're learning from each other, and they've been writing books. They're downloading very, a new um, variety of science, and they're merging those science and technology and healing and medicine and the way of living and existing like almost like into one there's no separation and to me that's the model that i wanted to imply and to use in that healing arts center and expanding into the community as a supportive self-sustainable community where we can all be in support of each other instead of living from ego just me 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 that's all for me and that's my vision that i would love to have the model which will can pass on if that's the other places desired to have, but implementing if they feel resonating with that specific model in other places and growing and expanding the community of one consciousness, one family, one, despite a way we're coming from, we're all different. We cannot be all the same. We're all bringing different frequencies. We come from different stars, different planets, different dimensions. But at the end of the day, we're all one. We all come back to the same source, despite of our beliefs, our beliefs about ourselves or our existence. Despite how different and unique we are, we all are, but we all come back to the same source. And that's my grand vision for my next phase of my life. And I feel like I'm ready for that transition. I'm ready for that manifestation. I'm ready to step forward. Um, and to be honest and true to myself, I was withholding myself for quite a while. 
because I, when I usually start something, I'm like, the mind starts saying like, well, if you stop doing here, then they, you failed it. And, but I know that's not true because I did all my work here. I fulfilled all my contracts, all my work, my assignments, the more spiritual contracts. That's what I meant to say. And I feel like, you know, when it's time emerging, I'm growing, my frequency is growing, I'm emerging, I'm evolving. And I feel like I want to evolve and I want to bring forward into this world the other passions, the other the arts. I want to bring more of what is who I am to me. Like, you know, when we stay with one idea or like, you know, when we complete something, I feel like we start degradating. And instead of evolving, we go backward <laughs> on our journey. So that's kind of my the vision that I see for myself. And I'm very open, I'm grateful for all the blessings for all people. I'm grateful for you guys for this wonderful time and allowing me to manifest and plant the seeds and to plant those ideas and birthing those ideas into reality. Because every time when we speak, that frequency we just put it out to the universe we put it out to the world for manifestation and that frequency has already been sent and it's already been received by receivers and whoever is been called to be on the same path on the same journey they're already connected they already perhaps we might not even met or like we might not even know those people but we already all connected we already know those people are just with the synchronicity they all fall into one that one big journey of evolving together. And that's, that's the vision that uh, my next steps of my healing art center, bringing into the retreat center, being on the land, connecting to all forces, own nature, coming back to that mother womb where everything is started. Our planet gave us a birth. It, it gave us opportunity to be here. And to me, it's like my calling to give back to the earth, to give back by just stepping, placing my feet on the earth, my knees, my forehead, and just, just with that deep gratitude, just taking a moment to be grateful to our beautiful mother, to that divine feminine energy that's so patient with every human being. Yeah, I mean, that definitely resonates with us. We've talked about that extensively. Um, I know a couple other people, it's just crazy how a bunch of us have so recently over the past couple of years come into each other's lives. And after we've already formed bonds, found out that we've had <laughs> such similar visions of, um, you know, something similar to a healing center where multiple modalities come together to create this, you know, holistic space for people. I think one of the things that resonated, you know, uniquely with me was what you said about learning from children, you know, the environment where it wouldn't be trying to mold children, but actually a way for children to contribute to society. And I think that it's detrimental to children and to us that we marginalize them instead of allowing them to contribute their unique gifts to society and to this world because a lot of the creativity and the capacities that they have we've lost <laughs> and while we have a lot more experience and sort of higher level analytical skills and those are extremely important and children need to learn that from us 
we could totally benefit from incorporating children into some of the creating and planning and problem solving that we have in the world, just hearing their perspective. Like you said, it's unadultered. It's, you know, if you go to a child and try to explain to them some of the conflicts that are happening in the world, they're like, well, they should just share with each other. And it's like, you know what? (laughs) They're kind of right. (laughs) We've just found a way to make it a lot more complicated than that. You know, in some ways, you know, by taking that perspective and allowing children to authentically contribute what they uniquely can give, all of us would benefit. Children would have more meanings, especially teenagers. Some of you know I was a high school teacher in the past. And, you know, I think part of the bad reputation teenagers get, you know, the behaviors, the acting out is because they're marginalized. Yeah, you know, take, for sure. Yes, I mean incorporate them value value teenagers instead of trying to stomp out their light and make them fit in with what we want and also teenagers represent change they're a new generation that's coming and they're going to change what we've already established and that is a threat so people try to stomp that out make them conform if instead we embrace that allow them to contribute in the ways that they can make them value them <laughs> every everyone wins and even younger children you know even i mean i learn from my son all the time there are qualities that eric has right now he, right now he's just trying to get me to give him my phone so he can text his grandma but <laughs> there are qualities that eric has that i i genuinely admire and i, I look in some situations i'm like wait a minute how would Eric handle this? You know, yeah. Because we can all learn from each other. And I just love that you said that and that you brought that into this conversation. Um, also, just to kind of note on that, um, and the reason why we feel like that calling to do what's something that we envision of the next steps to bring into the world. And for example, like the retreat center, the healing center, and that more... Um, the school for kids of new millennium and the reason why we feel and that calling or we kind of like we guided towards doing this because of them they bring those energies or those frequency we pick it picking it up and we start creating that environment for them to thrive and to be who they are so now right now it's our turn to to co-create that environment for them to be who they are because we know that back in our times when we were kids that wasn't the case and now like they're asking they're seeking for that help because we as a conscious beings we knew and we know how hard it was for us when our light was deemed when we were in that state of like non- existence we were invisible we didn't even know who we are and what are we doing and what is happening in the world but now since the new millennium of kids are coming they're already coming with more with a pure consciousness instead of carrying on the codes of ancestors and processing the codes of all the patterns or emotions instead of processing those past codes right now the kids they come already with totally pure consciousness and they're ready, but we don't have that environment for them. 
to be yep. who they are. So that's what, what we're doing now as our generation, we co-creating that environment for those kids who are coming with totally pure consciousness, with their own destiny, with their own mission. They're not anyhow in, connected to planet Earth or to any ancestors that had their own um, certain lessons and experiences to explore and to learn. But they are like little to me, like um, transmitters and like they just keep uh, buzzing and keep like reminding us like, I am here, I am here, but there's no environment. And that's why I want to have the school in nature where they can really connect fully and deeply because knowing that in a city, it's hard. They have a lot of potential. They have a lot of energy, but how do you direct that energy? Because there's, there's so many constrictions in the cities and there's no, there's a lot of like exposure to um, unhealthy frequencies starting from foods and finishing uh, I mean, even in our houses, there's a lot of frequencies, yeah. a lot of like things that affects their nervous system, affects their consciousness. And the goal is to co-create the environment where it's going to be made of really echo natural materials, those houses or the echo materials for the school where the kids that don't, their mind right now is just so triggered and it's just distracted with so many colors and smells and um, all the unnatural fabrics. And there's so many like just trigger points for them where they cannot fully embody into the body and do their work, what they hear to do because there's so many other things that are just keep taking their mind away and they keep like just being everywhere at that moment. So the goal of that school is to have very supportive environment where there's a lot of green plants, where there's a lot of open sunlight, perhaps still protecting with the, with windows, but to have a lot of exposure to the sun maybe not direct sun, but to have that light. So we're really activating um, to have exposure where the kids having the earthing barefoot walking, perhaps it's a house, but having like a rocks and beautifully putting together like some rocks and some inside plants and having the walls that are made of natural materials, all the natural materials inside of the, and just to see how naturally their frequency is just really recalibrating. It's much, much easier for the spirit to be in that body. Because now what it, what it does constantly, we are not necessarily draining, but we're using a lot of energy just to keep recalibrating our body. Every time when we exposed to um, as simple as refrigerator. What is refrigerator? I don't want to start that topic, but I'm just saying it's just a different frequency. And every time when we put the food into that refrigerator, so what are we eating? We're eating that frequency. We're eating that, like, the electricity we're putting into the body. But that child who comes with a totally different vibration and their DNA is different, their mind works differently, their brain is operating much faster. And here you're putting the food from refrigerator to that keto body. It's just like that keto is going to first work with that food and trying to figure out what do I do? How do I put this food into those particles? What do I even do with this food? And then if you put this not healthy food into the kids' bodies, that's totally throw them off. And that's where the emotional disturbance comes. That's when they start, as we call it, misbehaving or not listening because 
they just don't even know what to do. And then, then adults, they, they saying, oh, the kids are bad. But are their kids bad? Or it's just there's no supportive environment for them to be who they really wanted to be. And that's what, to me, creating that environment is so essential so where we can fully tap into our potential. Even as an adult, it's never too late to tap into that potential of allowing to come through this body, which is just the vessel of everything what you really want to bring into this world or meant to bring to this world. And uh, yeah, that's just a little note about like how creating an environment for our kids is so essential so then they can thrive and they can be their authentic self instead of working through emotions that not necessarily even belong to them. Those yeah. emotions are triggered by other things like as simple as a paint in our house, as simple as mm -hmm. the refrigerator running and they're creating that vibration. And, and a lot of kids right now, they're sensitive to sounds. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm not take that down until you turn them turned it off and they're just like oh and I just mm. and there's I mean Wi-Fi there's so many things that affects our brain and the more we bring higher frequency into the world they come with that frequency it becomes much harder to be in an environment that is not supportive and that the only what you wanted to do you just want to escape you want to run away or you want to just become invisible and be partially exist here and partially don't. And that's when for some kids, I start noticing in my classes, they feel like they're here, but they're not here. So, and it's not because they don't want to participate, but for some of them, even the sound, like if I, if you talk, if you talk loud or the other kids talking loud, they cannot take that frequency. They cannot take that sound. It hurts their ears. It hurts their brain. But no one can understand them and even want to understand them. And that's what, to me, creating that supportive environment where the other kids, they understand each other where they're coming from. They're supportive to each other. They're teaching each other. And they're teaching adults and creating, co-creating, start creating from little to me, I find in every aspect, like right now, I just finished my hypnotherapy session for a child and I'm just still under that vibe of that session. It's just like, wow, the kids' minds are just so open and they just, I didn't teach him what he shared with me. He was very open because he can't say that to parents. Like as soon as mom walked into our studio, he became quiet. He completely became invisible. He put his mask on, pretend that he's a different child. And, and that's how a lot of times that's what happens to me. Kids, they just bring so much new knowledge that is within them, but they need a listener. They need someone to trust. They need the right environment. It doesn't matter if it's a school, if it's a yoga class, if it's a parent but they want to have that safety. They want to feel acknowledged, noticed, and they want it to feel like they're heard. Only if one time, if that trust is breached, that child will never open up to that adult. As soon as one time that adult will raise the voice on that child, that trust is breached. That child will never open up to that parent or to that adult. 
because the no, as soon as we plan the fear, and a lot of times the schools have created, or I mean, everything on this plane, when third dimension is based on the fear based. But the kids with a new millennium, with a new perspective on life and existence, as soon as you put on them fear, they shut down. Yeah. They, you lost them forever until somehow when they'll awaken, I mean, not awaken, but come out of the, you know, uh, child state and eventually they'll become adults and they'll just come into that deep understanding and compassion and forgiveness. But if we want to work with kids early, that love-based environment is so essential. The system of fear and if someone doesn't do well, you get a bad grade. That just it just pushing them away from the even channeling and bringing the knowledge into the world. It's like, I'm not here for competition. A lot of times I hear in my classes, when we do and create games and yoga classes, they tell me, it's like, Miss Sunny, this game, I don't think so it's going to be a good game because there's a competition. And you know that we're all the same and we're all equal. It's like, that's right. The kids right now, they teach me a lot. They remind me, I mean, working with adults, I get go back to my the other me, the one that needs to be tough, the not the one needs to be like have a voice and the one who needs to to do everything on time, on task, not to be spontaneous, not to be in a moment. But they keep reminding us in every class when I teach and work with them. And no matter what we do and when no matter where we are, either it's a yoga class or there's a school, it's essential to create that right environment for them from love-based environment, not the fear-based. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Um, You know, yeah, there, there are no bad children. There are only bad caregivers. And you're right, creating the environment, having them feel genuinely acknowledged, um, genuinely cared for, allowing it to be, like you said, spontaneous, child-directed as much as appropriate, you're absolutely right. (laughs) It's it's a lot of these simple things that are being done wrong that then manifest in all of these problems that people are trying to solve, but really we're causing a lot of them. Well, unfortunately, I mean, we can it's also important to remember the history of our human race and other races on this planet and beyond. There was a lot of things that were involved and sometimes whatever we do, we do it unconsciously too. We don't mean to raise voice. We don't mean to be angry and mean. We don't mean to do something that totally maybe makes zero sense. But our traumas, our past experiences, they shape who we are. And until we connect and honor and understand that what I do and what I did, it wasn't coming from conscious state. It just came simply from our pain body. And what is pain body? It's our layer of existence when something traumatic happens, the way our subconscious mind works, it picks up only high frequencies and low frequencies. If something very exciting, happy moment, either on this existence or any other existence happens, our subconscious mind records that, that frequency. 
but it does not differentiate bad or good, then everything what is something that traumatic happens to us, we also remember in every little detail that memory just stays there and as a flashbacks keep coming back, keep coming back. But if you don't remember what we ate two months ago, fall lunch, because it was neutral energy. It was neutral frequency at that moment. So subconscious mind does not register that. It's only registered with something that is high frequency or low frequency. And a lot of times as a vessel, this body is just channeling in all those energies of who we are, either high frequency or if we have that pain body, even as a caregiver's. We don't mean to project those energies on our kids. We don't mean to project those energies to the world. But our pain body is there until we heal it. And that's where the holistic, that healing art retreat center comes into the place for our generation, for older generation, for our the planet Earth patterns, the codes that we're all dealing with for our ancestry codes and patterns. We do need to heal them before we can evolve further. And by creating that environment, we always will be working on ourselves too and evolving ourselves. We cannot say that, and a lot of times, even if the kids were exposed to from the caregivers or parents, the energies that are not necessarily pleasant, those beings or those spirits, they'll come into the compassion and understanding, and they are. They may not necessarily right now expressing it, but they will when it will be adults. They will come to understanding that they did not do it to hurt me. They did it just truly because that's what the best they knew. That's the only learning that they received from their parents. That's the knowledge that they received those passed on from generation. That's the pain that actually they're carrying on and processing for the entire ancestry line. It's a lot of work to do for caregivers and adults too. So we always need to take both sides of coming compassionately to our generation, to older generation, and to the same time to be on track and be, but always be healing and compassionate to yourself too because we cannot just say that we everything what we did is bad let's just erase and start over it's all interconnected it's all evolving that's what evolution the spiral comes into the place where we just the fruits of that tree that has already been planted the ancestors who uh, that were here the other beings and spirits who already were here on this planet they planted those certain experiences and now it's up to us do we want to stay and keep playing those experiences and relearning those lessons or do we want to recalibrate ourselves we wanted to transform those energies and start co-creating a new environment planting a new seeds and perhaps already our kids or the next generation after our kids when they come to this planet earth they might not even know what is fear. They might not even know what suffering is because the only what they would learn is the other energies that they're evolving. They might already, it's going to be all love-based environment on the planet Earth and the code of fear is fully deactivated and is no longer in existence in their minds and their bodies. They don't even know what it is. And they might already spending their frequent, their energy, their life force on creating 
something more advanced and tapping into other dimensions and bringing forward and start levitating, start moving objects, start doing all those wonderful other things that now we can do it because we don't have enough energy. We don't have enough life force to spend on tapping into other abilities that we don't even use. So now as our generation, what we do, we recalibrating the whole planetary green of the whole, the coding on the whole planet. So then we can start already creating something new. But now until we heal ourselves, we can move forward because every time that shadow cell will be coming up, we think like, oh, well, I'm just going to quit this job because that job triggers me those emotions. Oh, I'm just going to leave this person, this partner, because that partner is causing me hurt and pain. We're always trying to run away, but running away is not a solving a problem. Solving a problem is, again, slow down. Ground yourself to see it from a perspective that, okay, what is happening? Why is it happening in my life? What does really mean to me and to the world? And not taking it personally that I'm not bad. No one else is bad. We're all in that one big playground to play together with those energies and emotions. We are the creators of that reality. If we created pain and suffering, we can the same way deactivate and destroy it, remove it, change it, transform it. And that's what we all do here. That's how I see to me when I'm there on the playground and working with different people and kids. I'll just keep learning and keep evolving. And my goal is keep creating, but I never stop my evolution process and my transformation because I know that I'm, I'm always carrying the energies of others and I'm connected to others and I cannot just leave behind them and say, oh, I'm good, I'm better than someone else because we're all equal, we're all working together. We all depend depend on each other a lot. Whatever you put out to the world, that's what the, the world and other people are receiving. And then they will reflect back to you that the change and that transformation starts with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that came to me when I was writing the other day, um, uh, just the phrase came to me, embody the teachings. And it just is so relevant right now to this whole conversation and just like this time space period where the opportunity is upon us to create a space, you know, structure allows space a name, right? When you put four walls around an invisible space, it becomes a room and providing these teachings, providing these methods of application, these practices, being practitioners, we have to embody those teachings. And, you know, that's the beauty of this experience is the infinite ways that you can choose to express yourself and find yourself and connect to yourself through a multitude of different teachings and having a healing center where, you know, someone can try strawberry ice cream and somebody else can try vanilla ice cream and somebody else tries chocolate ice cream. There's a different, you know, selection of techniques and concepts and methods and practices that can be used for a multitude of different students. Like for me, yoga has been a very strong calling, but I also 
uh, dabble in Qigong and that's going to be somebody else's path. Somebody else's path might be Tai Chi, you know, somebody else's path might be gardening and growing and cultivating food. That connection with nature is, you know, equally as, you know, in my mind, equally as valid and important as like, you know, a movement practice, if you will, you know, like, a, you know, a nature practice of some kind an art and just all the different ways that one can express the self in with the intention of learning more about oneself, you know, like it kind of goes back to that just beautiful line by Lao Tzu is know thyself. I think it's so prophetic because of its simplicity, but the depth within those words of knowing thyself, like that's a, you, there's so much there, like you were saying, you know, ancestral lineages, conditioned behaviors from cultural influence and possible um, high impact emotional energies that you've uh, been, you've interacted with in the past, you know, whatever, good or bad, you know, dictating all of these different, you know, interests that you have that lead you down this breadcrumb trail. And, you know, for some people, it may be yoga, for some people, it may be physical therapy, for some people, it may be, you know, Qigong and others Reiki and, you know, for others, you know, a more structured, formal approach, like, you know, studying medicine, they're all paths to the same forest and having a sample platter of practices for people to come experiment with and try on and see if they enjoy it, do what you love. You know, if you're, you know, like a, a great story I know from someone is they, they did like, you know, and this is common. I'll get people talking about this all the time. It's like, how do I meditate? Or, you know, you go through all this extravagant, preparation you know you get the pillow just right and you light the candle and you go to this secret statue or whatever it's it's all it's right here it's all right here the guru's right here that moment of just you just sit and be with yourself and realize you know who you are through that and then explore you know the different possibilities of how to you know open up that rabbit hole even further but you know there's there's not really a place like that per se, in my opinion, that has like all of those modalities combined together and has the overall theme of a healing center, but also a school of wisdom, which is like for any of you guys that follow me, you know, that's what I rant about constantly. So, you know, it's just beautiful that Maui too is seemingly you know, one of the most perfect places you can do that. You have strong creative energy here, super beautiful connection with nature. So that flow connection energy vibe is high here all the time. You have, you know, a little bit less of the influence of cultural conditioning because it's on an island outside of, you know, the major quote unquote city life kind of um, model. So it just, it's interesting, you know, that like this conversation is happening. Like Nicole said, like a lot of people that we have all three come in contact with have explored the potential of this idea and having it be a space where everybody can come to connect and to heal and to grow without us doing anything other than really providing that structure. You know, we're the walls in the room. Nobody notices the walls, but without them, the room wouldn't exist. And that's like, I was just having a conversation about this the other day as I used to, when I was younger with ego, it's kind of like the quote by, I think it's roomy. I believe I was young and wanted to change the world. Then I became wise and changed myself. It's like that idea when I was younger legacy, I wanted to leave a legacy. Like look at all these great people throughout time, like Buddha or Jesus or, um, you know, the great Kings and, you know, all these names that have been kind of seemingly passed on through human history. 
I want to be like that. I want, I want my name to be remembered for the centuries. And the more I've grown, the more, uh, you know, like I'd be just as equally content if nobody remembered my name at all, because everybody was so preoccupied with how awesome life was and everything was cool and they were chilling. You know, you get that point where like, they all think they did it, you know, as that's like the idea is you want everybody to come together to do it as opposed to like me leaving any kind of legacy that I did. I just want to slowly slip, slip away, you know, like if I can just be a wall and just be, you know, create order, create structure, create an opportunity for someone to explore space, explore themselves. Then I feel like I'm doing my job because, you know, I'm still in my state of knowing and contentment and fulfillment because I'm being myself and that's what calls to me the most. And then I have those expressions in my real life. Like I like to do yoga. I like, you know, I have these different things that I do out throughout the day that are, you know, kind of intentional rituals that create enjoyment within me, you know, so I'm still doing my things that make me, me, but you know, have that larger kind of vision of creating a space where others can come learn how to do that themselves in their own way as well, without any judgment. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I I feel like I just want to bring it back to one thing that was mentioned earlier. What can people start doing now? And Mm -hmm. as you said, Sonny, sit down in silence without distractions and see what's there. (laughs) And that's it. That's how you start. And I love that you mentioned that as a starting point. And so I'd I'd love for our listeners to just take that away. You know, as, as soon as you put down this episode, if you can just sit down in silence, no agenda, no objective. I'm going to use these five minutes of silence to figure out my to-do list for tomorrow. No, just sit down and see what's there. And I mean, for a lot of people, there's fear around doing that. There is significant anxiety. It is, they're like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to know what's there. It's better if I just, you know, continue being busy and just keep that shoved way far down, (laughs) you know, bury that. (laughs) And I mean, that's the point. That's what needs to be brought to the surface. That's what you need to observe. That's what needs to come out because it's there all the time. Anyway, it's affecting you all the time anyway, whether you observe it and take the time to notice it or not. So yeah. And then, like you said, that's, the start of yoga right there. Just observe and then see what resonates with you, whether it's the meditative meditation part, whether it's the physical practice, Mm -hmm. whether it's the mindfulness habits that you can practice throughout daily life as you're going about your business, you know, whatever it is, see what, see what resonates with you and start there and see where it takes you. And if you live anywhere near the Washington, D.C. area, get yourself and your whole family and especially your kids into Sunny's studio. Yeah, you're always welcome. We are at um, 3260 Duke Street on Alexander, Virginia. <laughs> Very close to Washington, D.C., a couple miles away. Mm-hmm. It's all a busy, busy place. So... But when you walk into that studio, it's like every student usually tells us, like, wow, I just got to Oasis because like our space is all green. We have plenty <laughs> of palms and yes. like, 
even though I'm in a busy space, busy street, but it's just like so calm and mm-hmm. and like people come like they just feel so like relaxed and and then they're ready to go back to their assignments and to whatever they're doing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all that other stuff. So for people who aren't in the Washington, Fairfax area, how can they follow you, keep in touch with you? Uh, we have definitely a website. It's uh, com. We have a Facebook page, which is Yoga in Alexandria. That's our social media Facebook page. So to clarify, is that the Facebook handle, Yoga in Alexandria? Yeah. Okay. It's the, I mean, if you search for by Yoga Toka, you'll find it too. But the, the Yoga in Alexandria app, that's the one, the keyword. You can always follow my page. I have a love to post a variety of inspirational every day. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. It's Sunny Anastasia. That's my page on Facebook. And I'm always available, um, always available to learn and to grow if there's anyone in particular. I always love to explore and to meet, no matter where you are. Absolutely. So make sure you reach out to Sunny. She, she really does love talking about this stuff. <laughs> I know she'd appreciate some messages from you all. Yep. <laughs> so, so don't be shy. Right. Sunny. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear about your journey and your projects and where you're headed. And I just wish you all the best of luck in making your vision come to life. We need it. I have one more to add really quick about our um, yoga and healing and psychic abilities retreat slash training that is coming up in Maui, Hawaii. Ooh. October 4th through October 11th. Uh, with a master channeler, Michael Shane, he's doing the training. During that training, we'll be learning about advanced mediumship. Uh, we'll be doing a lot of hands-on practice every day, six-hour long day training, but we split it into three hours in the morning, three, three hours in the evening, so we have a little break in between. And we'll be learning about remote viewing. If you're not familiar with it, what it is, it's like if I'm here, but I know what is happening in Maui, for example, mm-hmm. on the East Coast, but I can see with my etheric body what is happening on the East Coast. I can go to the ocean. I can see the waves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we'll be learning about psychometry, which is if I am holding this phone for example then my eyes closed I can scan the energy of this phone and then I can know who was holding this phone before me or who this phone belongs to that's called psychometry we'll be learning about energy um, crystal healing about all how to do the energy work with crystal healing uh, with more um not necessarily only physical crystals, but more dimensional um, crystals. So there'll be a lot of learning about the psychic abilities, the actual applying those gifts and connecting to your gifts. So um, the channeler, Michael, he will be channeling for every person who is attending the training what is 
what is your special gifts and talents that you hear for in this world? And then definitely we'll be working on activating those certain um, abilities and gifts and then practicing. So the practice is a key. It's the same way as learning language or as we were with little kids, we were learning how to walk. You'll stand up and fall and we'll stand up and like keep practicing and then in a year or like how many several months then we know how to walk can, can you say the name of the event again what was it the yoga healing and channeling retreat it's yoga healing and psychic abilities retreat um there's a website that is called yoga okay so it's yoga healing retreat dot event create.com that's the website for the retreat okay and for those of you listening we'll have all of this in the show notes so that you can find sunny and also sign up for this retreat and it's gonna be fun we'll be doing yoga as well we'll be doing meditation we'll be doing a lot of self-work because it's important and we'll be doing uh, the psychic abilities training Definitely detoxing food by our master chef, a very wonderful energy healer, Tati, who does like beautiful Arthur work. The way like her food looks like is just like you connect on all levels to that food. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. And so, yes, everyone listening, definitely check out all of these websites and Facebook pages that you can keep in touch with the wonderful work that Sunny's doing and, you know, either get started or dive deeper into your yoga practice. Thank you. I'm looking forward to hear about your journey, everyone's journey, all the listeners, your personal unique journey of discovering of who you are. Thank you. Get in touch with everyone soon or follow up. Oh, wants to connect. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you everyone listening for tuning in to Optimizing Human Potential, Mind, Body, and Soul, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. Make sure you check out holistictherapiesdirectory.com to find practitioners like Sunny Anastasia, like John and I, and a whole variety, everything from Reiki to physical therapy to massage therapy and acupuncture and coaching and spiritual healing, anything you can imagine is on there. So whether you're a practitioner looking to share what you do with the world or whether you're somebody who's looking to try different modalities, get over there and find someone who might resonate with you. Thank you very much. And we will see you next time. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Optimizing Human Potential show. Don't forget to rate and review. For more information, you can visit www.holistictherapiesdirectory.com. And from their website, you can check out their social pages. We'll see you in the next episode.